This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are well off my shelf where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Mike Suderman joins me in talking about two sci-fi films with Men in Black and Minority Report. Welcome! Hi! (laughs) Thank you for coming back on. Woo! Always a pleasure. You always pick the super nerd episodes and it's always great. These are some (laughs) of my favorite movies, so I'm so glad uh uh i got got to talk about them it's so good <laughs> yeah um yeah no i'm not gonna start you're gonna you're gonna start with the, the descriptions and stuff but i watched men in black earlier today last week they had a men in black marathon on tv so i watched it then mm. and to be honest i still had the same joy even though yeah. i watched it so close together it's yeah, fine yeah. so i'm also very happy to be here with talking about these movies so it's good yeah. yeah yeah i i had um like as a kid i had it on vhs and it was one of those like you just put it on movies so we would just watch men in black all the time and i loved it i would watch the the it had the um men in black rap move music video at the end yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah it was just it was it was good stuff and it's just it's it really holds up. I don't like uh I, I I can't I can't not watch it without like quoting all of it and just like loving the hell out of it. I love tiny little Will Smith. Um <laughs> it's it's great. Uh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you because uh well technically today I put it on and I did the dishes and I cleaned and everything, but it was one of those things where I'm like in the other room listening to it. I'm laughing. And then the joke happens. I'm like, I didn't actually need to watch it. This is something that's like imprinted in my brain. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, There weren't very many like details or anything that I was like, Oh, I've never seen that before. I've just seen this movie way too many times. That's all it is. I've just seen it too many times. Or is that, is that such a thing? No, I don't think so. I think it's just, it's a movie that's like worth rewatching. It's just, it's so um, like uh, similar to, to your experience. Like uh, I put, I put it on and my wife Leah was like, Oh, maybe I'll like work and, and do things in the background. And she like comes at like 10 minutes in, she's like on the couch watching it with me and we're quoting it. It's just, it's just a delight. I don't know. It's, it it's is. uh from from the opening with the like super cool Danny Elfman uh mystery music and then just like the the bug gets we follow the bug all through the through the opening credits and then just squash <laughs> it is a great opening it so is yeah and yeah, that's the yeah. thing with like Danny Elfman music his music every movie you watch that has him score it is very different sounding, but you always know when it's Danny Elfman. Like, oh, yeah. even if you've never looked it up or whatever, you just hear, you know, three bars of it. And you're like, is this Danny Elfman? This has yeah, to be yeah. Danny Elfman. You look it up, it's definitely Danny Elfman. Like, it's just, he's just has this like feel to all his music that's mysterious, but upbeat and fun. And it just makes you 
feel good, even if you're supposed to be like scared or something, you know, like it's it's just good. It's just good stuff. Yeah, and just like a little bit weird. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like, hey, it's this is like even with the Simpsons and stuff, it's like, hey, this is a little bit of a skewed view of reality, right? Like, yeah. Music catches it really his music catches that really well. Though, uh, speaking of the music, one of the things we were really noticing last time, well, so we watched last night, uh, was how little music there is in the movie. Like, it's it's very important when it's there, but there are so many scenes where it would be so easy to put, like, um, so, like, one example is when uh, uh, Agent J goes into the, he's being introduced to the office for the first time, and he, and the, the like, little flubber, uh, thing goes li- bouncing around. Yeah, around. There's zero music to that. Whereas, like, you, you could imagine, like, a, a a lesser person would like, oh, we gotta spice this with all sorts of wacky cartoon music in the background. Right? Like, it it was it was very cool to see that be happening. But there's like no music. All of the people at the desks are just like stone faced just moving out of the way if they need to, but otherwise like totally unimpressed by this disaster happening. And, and so like it, it, it not only is it, is it like cool when the, it makes the music more impactful when it does show up, but also it like, to me at least, it conveyed the kind of ordinary extraordinariness of the, of the universe where it's like, oh, this isn't even something that they would talk about after their day at work right like the, the so much weird stuff happens in in the men in black hq that like this thing that's totally embarrassing to agent j is just like oh yeah another day at the office like that's no just... no music needed it's not really a joke it's just <laughs> yeah i think one thing they do really well in this movie is is their sound design in general mm-hmm. because in that scene yes it's like once you said it, I realized, oh my God, there is no music. But then you think about the scene and because they're in like a quote unquote airport, quote unquote, you know, yeah. um, they they make sure to fill the scene with sound, yes. you know, with like chatter in the background, all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't over, it's not too loud. It's not too big. It doesn't, you know, overshadow the scene. And it's just enough for you to be like, not notice it's silent but also feel like you're in that space so it yeah. works really well yeah yeah like another great example is um the the fan in the open in the, in the entrance to the mib thing right mm. you walk in and it's just that boom 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 again no music but just like oppressive giant why is there a giant fan here we don't understand it's like yeah, yeah. Well, because doesn't it say it's like a waterworks or something? Yeah, like, some, yeah. some nonsense. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be like the air intake for the entire subterranean, you know, complex. Who knows? But maybe. the idea that, that there's like, anyway, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd hate to be that guy who has to sit in front of those fans all day, though. I think he's got to have like earplugs or something because you go deaf. I, or or he's, he's like a, um, some kind of weird alien, right? Like he's, That's true. He's, uh, got uh, maybe maybe this the whole fan is just like a backdrop to keep his living, uh, whatever his 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 life support online Imagine, <laughs> yeah he comes from like a super windy planet and if like air is enforced into his body he dies so that's why he sits there all the time yeah 
<laughs> I mean, I believe it. That could totally work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's yeah. weirder things in there, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. And, and all he has to do is when Will Smith says, this dude gave me this card. All he has to do is say elevator. <laughs> exactly. It's like when random people wander in, you check, and if they're uh, if they're not, you know, shady, you point them to the elevator. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it works. I think he's. I think he's doing a great job. That that's yeah. he's doing a fantastic job out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Pro- protecting the secrets of of intergalactic commerce and business and. Politics. It's like uh, you ever see the movie Casablanca? It's like that, but no Nazis. <laughs> okay, so I had, to, I had to make a note about that because I Dang. still don't get that reference because I still haven't watched Casablanca, and I'm okay. like, all I know is there's a bar and there's some Nazis. I okay. don't know anything else about Casablanca. Fair enough. Um, but there, Casablanca is also a real place. Yes, uh, I know it's a that, real country, that yeah. thing actually happened. So the movie. Is is set in the time anyway. The point is, it was kind of like a a, a place where people were smuggling themselves outside of Nazi-controlled Europe, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was it was like a mixing pot where things were a little bit more uh, like permissible because it, it was like a new it was a bit of a neutral zone. Technically, still anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but but the 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 like it, it wasn't actually a neutral zone, but the they, the Germans, the Nazis couldn't like enforce a lot of control there. So, so it, you know, there was a lot of shady stuff going under uh, under the radar. And so, similar to Earth, where the Arkelians are hanging out, but also bugs are able to land and things like that. Where it's just like a, this isn't the Arkelian Empire. This isn't the Bug Empire. This is just like you know a weird little backwards planet where. Uh, people with a who have been like kind of displaced by the war can can uh you know just chill see uh, look how much deeper this movie is already look look at that look at that boom oh, god i wish i was better at history that's all i can there say there you go i but, really suck at history it's i it, you know what it's just it's just a bunch of people trying to kill each other and then they didn't <laughs> or they did and that you know and some people didn't it. die or yes. something. Yes. I, okay. By definition, not everyone died. Yes. yes. Knock on wood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, at last I saw, they are launching rockets near <laughs> nuclear power plants in Ukraine. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, right. this recording at least uh, gets edited and uh, sent out before all life on Earth ends. Yes, exactly. That would be good what, I, I don't, I don't think, even know you know what you need to set reasonable goals for yourself and uh i think that that's a reasonable goal. okay done yeah. that is a, that is a goal i can i can get through yeah i can do this i can do it awesome i'm awesome. down for it <laughs> yeah uh I'm, yeah no, okay uh going from like the uh the kind of controlled area um it was. It, it's still crazy to me that the the opening scene is it like involves the uh, like like um, illegal migrant smuggling. Like I uh, even though I know that every time I've seen this a billion times, it's just like it's crazy that that in 1997, whatever that this movie was, it's like it's so much more. This was before Department of Homeland Security. Uh, it was just like 
I don't know. I, I, I feel it's weird that that was like the thing that they chose to start this movie with. Well, I think it was just supposed to show how ridiculous it is, you know, saving people. What does he say? Saving people from the, the dangerous, dangerous aliens. aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just like, um, maybe these aren't the aliens you should be scared of. And I think that's kind of what they're, they're getting at. Um, but I think it works really well in the overall scheme of the movie. It, it, it puts you in a very specific place. You're just like, people are smuggling aliens and it's illegal. And there's these police guys who are supposed to stop them. But on another level, there's quote unquote, or no, not quote unquote, real aliens that also need this kind of control as well. You know, they so, the term extraterrestrial extraterrestrials yes ETs. Yeah. yeah i don't know did they change what they call ufos now they call them something else now oh, I, I heard about that yeah I don't, I, I, I don't understand what's wrong with unidentified flying objects i think that's about i think i think it was more to be like not yet i can't remember. anyway uh yeah i, I saw that that or i heard, heard about that but I, I don't know anything more than that but i think yeah. we're they were trying to like reduce the mystery, and I, I don't understand why you'd want to make UFOs less interesting. They're interesting. Just leave it. Like it's fine. No, but the people who like like the Navy wants people to stop asking about UFOs. I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, just because you rename a UFO doesn't gonna it's not gonna stop people from asking about UFOs. Like that's yeah. that's like saying you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken doesn't sell fried chicken because they're KFC now. That's just dumb. Like, no, it's... I I agree with you, but uh, the thousands and thousands of people, like, uh, employed as marketers uh, (laughs) potentially disagree. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Was it, like, the SETI people or something who put it out there? They're like, we're trying to rebrand ourselves. Not to be so, like, creepy and weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, they did call it UFO. Yeah, that would have been way before they changed the name because they only changed the name within the last like 10 years, maybe, or whatever. I'm looking it up. (laughs) UAPs. What does that stand for? I'm I'm not sure. Uh, uh, what is a UAP? Is it still unidentified? Um, unexplained aerial phenomena. So it doesn't, maybe it's not an object. Maybe it's just a thing in the sky. Uh, <laughs> we don't even know if it's a, you know, because. So yeah, but an object is a thing, a phenomenon of some sort. Yeah, exactly. But a phenomena doesn't have to be an object. That's true. I guess. Uh, so did you see um, Nope as yet? Yes. Oh. Loved it. I, th- I guess that would be considered a phenomenon for sure. Instead of sure. just an object. It, it was a phenomenon because it was an excellent movie. And so it's a, it's a cultural phenomenon. True. It is also a cultural <laughs> phenomenon. Yes. yes. As well as an aerial phenomenon. <laughs> I was like, you know, at the beginning of the movie where they showed the, the chimpanzee or was it a, it was a chimpanzee, right? The and beginning I was like, of nope, not the beginning of Men Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. the beginning of nope. And, <laughs> like, I was just sitting there for, like, a quarter of the movie going, like, how are they going to mix this into the rest of this? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And this is the fantasticness of the, his style of storytelling. It's these pieces that don't seem to go together in any way, shape, or form. And then they suddenly do, and you're like, 
what? Yes. Oh my god. Fantastic yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, just like this one. This one's also very fantastic. Many yeah. Black, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's so efficient, right? Because like in, in terms of storytelling, it's like it starts out with a bug that like gets one. It's it's like a uh, goddamn bugs is the first line, which is glorious because uh, <laughs> that's what we end up spending the entire movie trying to thwart. Um, but also that uh, we've come in super focused on this dragonfly. It's like zipping around. It has like little adventures where it dodges a windshield and like all this other stuff. And then it's just like gets squashed and then we zoom out and then it's like, oh, right. The, the bug is nothing. It's, it's totally insignificant, which is mirrors the end shot, which is like the zoom out of the earth. And uh, uh, like, we're just in the tiny like galaxy marble for the super aliens. Yeah. It always <laughs> makes me wonder, you know, the marbles we have have little swirly stuff on the inside. Yeah. That might be a galaxy and we just don't even realize it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like fundamental physics. Like people have actually looked into this shit and and it's it's not possible. Like there there are you know the smallest you know objects are are thing, but uh, I don't know enough about science to to know yeah, anything about that so that's, that's just based on our perceptions of space and time right okay so you don't know okay like i am not saying science is wrong i'm not saying yeah, i believe yeah. in science and research and all that kind of stuff i get it but there are fundamental questions that still haven't been answered so it is still open that someday you might find out, ooh, maybe there there is a tiny galaxy in here. Ooh. Who's to say? Who's exactly. to say? Who's this to this say? this very silly movie uh from 1997. That's who's to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's it is one of those like things where well, I mean, like especially the like the late 90s and early 2000s, it was very much um there was like fear of like aliens and computers like destroying yeah. the earth, like taking over. And this was just one of the few that was like much more lighthearted in that aspect of it. It's like, no, they're not going to come take over everything. What we're going to do is we're going to work together with them and make sure everything is okay. There's going to be bad aliens and good aliens, but everything sure. is technically fine. Whereas yeah. a lot of the movies that were coming out at the time was like, aliens are coming to eat us and kill us and blow us up and uh, destroy us. Uh, Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. another Will Smith thing. It's just they were coming here to exterminate us and take all of our resources. I think that's what it was, right? Yeah. Uh, something. They were going to blow up all of our monuments for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the first thing they have to do. You got you to destroy the monuments. Um, yeah, the only monument in this movie was what the Guggenheim. No, and they showed the the twin towers as well, but nothing got destroyed. So. Just as part of the skyline. Uh, but yes. then the and then I don't know if this counts, but the the uh, um, UFOs at the World's Fair. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I do find it interesting though that usually like all of these like um, alien movies and stuff like that. Um, especially when it goes to like conspiracies and everything, they always start at like Roswell in the 1940s. Whereas this one's like, no, World Fair in the 1960s. That's where we're starting. And I was like, I'm okay with this. This is yeah. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a good, uh, it's, it, it's, it's just like a little bit different, and it's a little bit more fun, and it just 
what what's great is it it like introduces that that like insignificance uh like it almost existential ex- insignificance uh to to um like every element of it like i love the the speech about like uh when when uh he fire when agent j fires the noisy cricket for the first time and uh um you know he, he gets yelled at by k and uh and then and then it's like oh but there's a Arkelian battle battle cruiser up there it's like there's always an Arkelian battle cruiser or an intergalactic plague or uh like this and that and like it's just another day at the office <laughs> it's yeah. like you know it would be great if we could save the earth but ultimately it's better to blow it up than to let the galaxy fall into the hands of the of the the bugs that's what's important yes earth earth existing isn't actually that important in the mm-hmm. in the universe of the, the movie. grand scheme of things yes. yeah the yeah. only reason it, it it's important is because we live here and we care about it and mm-hmm. and that's Anyway, I like that. Yeah, I yeah, know it, it's true. I mean, it even goes back to when um, he first recruits Jay and he's and Jay's sitting there going like, well, why don't you just tell everybody people are smart? And they're like, no, a single person is smart, but people are panicky and fear mongering and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. We see dumb it all panicky the time. animals. And you yeah, know I, I mean, we see it all the time right now, especially with like the pandemic going on and, and war going on, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's got like a conspiracy or everybody's got like, no, this thing's happening and they're they're trying to implant things in us and 5G and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, shut up oh my god just if you think about it for three seconds you know read something about it that's real news not fake news you'll you'll be fine okay or you can also just ignore it and get on with your life it's not affecting you in any way shape or form let's go done you know so it's like yeah this movie is surprisingly silly and surprisingly deep yeah, and that's yeah. what I think about it. It's like it's 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 like it plays around with the sci-fi ideas, and I think, and this is I think a criticism I'm going to bring up about the the next movie, Minority Report, is that like uh, with this one, it keeps that through line the whole way through, which is just that like it it you know that there's this insignificance that like uh, of of yourselves and 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 earth and and like people just need to um make you know make the decisions and and handle things as they come there's a bug here we got to deal with it there's uh you know uh everything is is so bizarre but we can just like if if you just go with it then that's that's okay yeah and i also like the fact that they make the aliens seem very like us like they're strange looking and they're a little squishier and all that kind of stuff and have more arms and everything but you know like used to they still get up every day and one guy his wife's pregnant and he's like i'm taking care of my family that's what i'm doing and right. another guy is just here to have lunch with his friend like he's just like we're gonna meet up and have a discussion you know i, I want to be friends like you know it's just like they're quote unquote normal they're just like us yeah, you know they just look slightly different and come from a little further away instead of like down the block. You know, it's a, another galaxy. It's fine. yeah. Maybe yeah. they drink their entire body weight in coffee and smoke their entire body weight in Marlboros every day. Exactly. But, like you know, I th- but you're right. I, I think that that's like the 
the the deeply human nature of the aliens like even when they're weird is like uh, like and that's gets set up really early on with mikey when they're they're like they're kind of like palling around talking with him where it's just like uh and, and mikey's a little bit maybe he's like the in some ways other than the bug the most alien right because he, he goes into that total psychotic rage yeah. um like animalistic rage but at the uh like at the beginning he's like oh come on officer can't you cut me a break like you know it's just he's just a guy he's just a guy yeah um, he's like look i just i just wanted to go over there like why you gotta bust my balls for just leave me just leave me alone i'm not doing anything yeah you know? yeah yeah and that i thought there was another thing i noticed in the uh, like or or i paid attention to this time when i was rewatching it was like when they were hiring him uh jay right at the beginning it's like we no one actually sees this but other like um you know, he runs down the cephalopoid, I think they call it, um, on foot. And that's what Kay says is, like, the thing that convinced Zed to to recruit him over everybody else. He's like, he ran down the cephalopoid uh, on foot. That must count for something. Um, but one of the things we see with Jay is that, like, even though this guy tried to pull a gun on him, uh, ran up the side of a wall, uh, had the weird eye-like thing... Um, as soon as he started walking towards the ledge, Jay's just like, no, 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 back off. We can talk about this. Nothing. Don't do anything drastic. It's that, is that like empathy and ability to, to just accept that like, oh, this, this really weird thing, I can just roll with it. And, and I should treat it with like a little bit of humanity is like that, that I think is what makes agent Jay the right, the right candidate. Is yeah, the, I, I agree because, like, um, I mean, that extends further on for during the recruitment process, yeah. where you know, like, they're in the shooting range and everybody's <laughs> shooting at the thing that's clearly weird looking. Like, yep. we're not going to shoot at a little girl because it's a little girl. We're going to exactly. shoot at all the monsters, and you know, like, he fully explains why he shot the girl instead of everything. and everything he says makes sense. But everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. Exactly. And, and it's because, and he gets chosen, I think, mainly for that. Not really just the cephalopod thing, but I think he gets chosen for that because he can keep his cool, he will analyze the situation, and it doesn't matter how weird shit is, he's like, no, something's weirder about the normal thing, let's look at the normal thing. You know, exactly. like he's, he can analyze better. Yeah, um, and, he, and he doesn't get freaked out just because something you know looks a little different or is acting a little weird yeah it's yeah. got a couple extra arms you know a tail it's it's yeah. snarling but he's got a tissue in the thing it's blowing yeah it's, it's fine <laughs> and, and especially when you're dealing with aliens things that look would look scary to a normal person it's necessary to hire someone who can keep their cool even if something looks like it will eat your face like yeah yeah, and is is capable of some lateral thinking, like uh, in the scene just before, like the whole recruitment scene is is absolutely gold, like yeah. iconic, and unbelievable. When he shows up and like the the little bubble chairs, and and then they're all trying to write their little written exams, and no one can figure it out. And he takes the table with the loudest screech, and it's just like. Hey guys, why why aren't we using this? This is <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a perfectly used like why you know why are we going through all this trouble? Is a table here? 
But yeah. I also did notice in that scene, which I don't know why I never picked it up before, but there is like a little like table stand beside him. <laughs> so there's also that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? But my other question in that scene is, what do you think they would have on that written exam, though? Like, what's like, is it calculus? Is it essays? Well, like- okay. So here's the question. <laughs> is it actually a test? Or is it just a test to see how they react to taking the test? Yeah, but you they know. have to have something written on there. Well, like sure, but like whatever. It's like, oh, we'll list you all your past experience, list uh, you know, write an essay about the, you know, uh what you learned the most. Like you could you you could put things that are actually useful, or you could put things and just be like normal test bullshit and yes. and really what you're doing is you're observing them in the testing environment and that's the real test but. well i think that's one of the reasons why everybody else in there like i don't think it has to do with their military status or whatever but when they go to open the test and all of the other people take their pencil they open it up opens easy right yeah but for him a he makes a mistake at first and like rips it in half fine yeah but then his pencil he goes to like use his pencil he breaks his pencil on it yeah i legitimately tries to put it back together absolutely hilarious but i literally (laughs) think that is done because he's the only one being tested and they want to test how he is going to react to like you know like something that's supposed to be that easy opening a test will make it difficult for you you know yeah um, and then, then after that, it's the, like, how do you use your space? How do you do like all of the other stuff? I like that conspiracy um, theory that, that, that the other, the military folks aren't even, aren't even in the running. They're literally yeah. just set dressing for his time. I honestly don't think they are because yeah, if you I see like everything before, like, cause even with the, uh, when he asks, he's like, why are we here? And he's like, they're looking for the best of the best of the best. And he's like, oh, he doesn't even know what's going on. It's, <laughs> and it's true. He has no idea. Because- I do love that. It's like. <laughs> Zed says like maybe two sentences specifically about that. It starts with "You're all here because," <laughs> and then it's like, "Sorry, maybe." Oh, I, just, I love this movie. Well, because what Zed says is not a real description of why they're there. Like, you have to be like, "You're here to get hired for a military operation. You're here to get hired for just because looking for the best of them is not a real answer." And Will Smith knows it. Zed knows it. The other guys, military training, they're like, we just take whatever information they're given to us and look at it, you know, face value. And you're like, nope, you got to think on your feet. You got to, you know, run with it and actually deduce things. So... Yeah. yeah, and that's why they make a joke later on about how they're like, yeah, you're exactly what we'd expect for years of military training. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Again, like, so many of those jokes, like, I, I I think, like, especially for the 90s, which, like, I don't know, maybe it's just because uh, I've seen different things, and, like, I feel like it it was easier for them to be a little bit hokey in movies. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm I I was just, like, there's no musical stings there's no like it's not shot like a comedy there's all these hilarious lines that are shot like just straight on deadpan it's a very like deadpan comedy movie which i i really like about it it's and that's the, what makes it really funny because yeah yeah because like a lot of comedies now like if you say something like that then there'd be like a musical thing like you know but that's what's just like and we continue our conversation yeah, nobody's or noticing the, anything. the camera work or the yeah like something in the 
film would be like, that's a joke. Did you hear our joke? Yeah. And instead it's just like <laughs> years of military training. And you're like, wait, that could mean two things. Was that a joke? <laughs> I'm not sure. And, and, and they just move on past it. Obviously it is a joke, but it's like, it's just a little bit, uh, they just leave it on the table. And, it's and subtle like enough. It. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's that it's that nice level of like dry humor, you know, mm-hmm. that's you know, like like there's it's it's not quite British dry humor where you need like a glass of water after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just like mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. I know I know what you're doing here. This this is working for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god, I love this movie. Um, yeah. have you quick question? I have never like I know this is based on a comic book. Have you ever read the original comic book no. or seen it or anything? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, no, me neither. Like I was watching it today and I was like, I just realized I have never actually like read a Men in Black comic book or even thought about looking for it, which actually makes me feel a little bit worse. Um, but I, I like I wonder <laughs> if the comic book and stuff has that same level of humor to it or or if they like switched it up a little. Like, was it serious and they made it slightly silly or was it super silly and they made it a little bit more serious? Like, you know, yeah, like where my, it went. my re- recollection from very old information was that it was supposed to be a more serious comic like my, for for whatever reason and i could be wrong on this but the my impression was that it was a little bit similar to the the mask right where it's like it's kind of a dark comic indie comic from the 90s which for comics was like it's all about the dark yeah. um and uh and then they were like oh but what if we made it fun and yeah. and so anyway all all of that is to say all, all i know is that it, it it was a very loose adaptation uh, rather than uh, like very strict, but I, I'd be interested to see like yeah, what elements did they did they take from the 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 comic book and which which did they like invent whole cloth and and which parts did they like take but then like re uh, reimagine so that they might be like either looked at it in a different light or or whatever you know so yeah or like what monsters like oh, sorry monsters what aliens did they like were in the comic book did they create new like aliens and stuff did they redesign them you know were they actually like going in the alphabet you know like agent j and k and blah 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 blah. um you know it's all that kind of like crazy stuff but i was actually shocked at myself today i was like i have never thought of reading a men in black comic book and i was like Mm -hmm. why This, this is usually like right in my wheelhouse i'll go check it out you know like when hellboy came up got a couple of hellboy comic books just to check it out it's exactly the same kind of humor and stuff in it. It's great. Um, nice. But yeah, no, I never thought about it um, with this. So, and it's a Marvel. So technically the X-Men could show up in there. It'd be fine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it is. It's just, it's just aliens. It's fine. They'll, they'll yeah. join the the Avengers next, uh, next cycle. <laughs> It'll be good. The men in black show up like what? Yeah. yeah. Um. W- one of the the last things, just to go back to the uh, uh, recruitment a little bit, is the his his whole speech about like you chose me, so you recognize the skills. I don't want no <laughs> one calling me son or sports. Uh, is I I like genuinely use that sometimes to get over uh um uh like like imposter syndrome, where like especially when I was starting new jobs and things, I would be like okay they chose me so they they need they must at least understand like what they who they were hiring they didn't hire 
you know, somebody else, they hired me. So like, <laughs> anyway, I love that. I love yeah. that quote. And it, it was genuinely helpful at times <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Whatever inspiration gets you through your day and your imposter syndrome. Yeah. Exactly. I find it's one of those, especially with like new jobs or you're doing something new and you're just like, how did I end up here? Right. I don't know what I'm doing. This is, this is crazy. But right, according right. to these people, I know what I'm doing. So uh, yeah, somebody else is in this position. They've seen other people learn how to do this role, or they've seen other people, you know, adapt to this stuff. And they, they, they have more perspective on it than you, who is like brand new to everything. And it's just like, ah, all the time, uh, you know, like panicking and you can like get over it and be like, okay, you know, am I actually getting it? Are, are the cues anyway? Uh, yeah. I just, no, but uh, it's true. It's, it's, like it's inspiration. It. It's where you get it. Yeah. But yeah. also speaking about being on a job at the end of the movie, you realize um, Agent J, that's his only his second day on the job. And he's yes. like, well, you're trained. I'm going to go now. And I'm yep. just like, only two days of training for all of this. <laughs> Uh, he's technically only done one job so far and you're, you're leaving you're out come on you could give him like a week like give him a week what, like, it, come what, on. it's the it's the creative uh you know thinking and the empathy and all of those things and and we see right after that when they're getting the hot dog and talking about getting uh talking to Dennis Rodman about the uh, Bulls tickets that, you know, he seems pretty confident in, in the role now that he's grown into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, he's generally cocky in, in like in the first place. Absolutely. But, absolutely. Yeah. So, but so I, I, there's a, there's an excellent turning point when he realizes that it's the, it's the sauces and Queens. Like that's where the bugs are going to go. Like that's the first time where the whole like fish out of water. Oh, there's a weird alien here. Oh, it's like, that's when it flips and suddenly Jay is, is intelligently understanding the world he's in. That's like, he's like putting pieces together. After that, we see him figure out the, like crushing the cockroach uh, gambit. And like, anyway, it's just, you, you see, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, progression on his character. Yeah. And it's really, and, and the way they set up the information that he uses to get to that point yeah. is really interesting as well, because like, you know, when you, when J and K first meet and he, and, or sorry, when he first goes in there and he's giving him a debrief and he's like, you know, MIB was started this day, blah, blah, blah. Cause of these things and whatever. And then later on uh, when they're, you know, talking to the lady with the Edgar suit and they're, they're checking the the thing and what well, was on final jeopardy last night. And he's like, yeah. you know, and, but in that sequence, agent K gives him all of the information he needs to know about the alien. Exactly. And yeah. so then by the end of the movie, you may forget that, you know, Agent K gave us all that info and that's how Jay put it together that me squishing these bugs would piss him off enough to stop him from going places. And also that these are the spaceships that he was going for. It, yeah. It's, it's they, they, they like sprinkle all this information throughout so well that it's like fantastic. Yeah. yeah and, and it's Jay's ability to to take all that in like we were saying it's like he's not uh overwhelmed by like weirdness he he's like you you know even before he's given all this information he's he's able to suss out that tiffany little tiffany needed to die because that she was the correct you know correct threat. like he's able to navigate all of this crazy bonkers information that he's being 
uh, fed and yeah. like and like put it together and make it make it useful. And that's that's uh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's, uh, he was definitely anyway. the right man for the job, for sure. Right. And, yeah. and what's crazy is they cram all that exposition into like 90 minutes. It's so efficient. It's like every scene is like telling something new, driving the plot and the themes forward. It's 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 very cool. Yeah. And it's without feeling like heavy either. Like you don't even realize you're being fed this info. It yeah. doesn't feel like exposition, you know, because like there's lots of movies and stuff like the one coming up where they sit down and be like, yep. here's five to ten minutes of me just talking. Here's your info. And it's not built into the story. It's just you saying stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, OK, can we let's. Keep going. Right. And, keep and going. that movie is almost like an hour longer than this one. It is. Right. And, yeah. and in, in a lot of ways, it, its premise is a lot less bonkers than this one. Right. So, like, yeah. the amount of information you have to convey, though, what's great about Men in Black is that they don't need to tell the whole story about the whole universe, about how all of these things work together. They don't have to explain the, the, polit- the, the, universal politics of of like the Arkellians and the bugs because because yeah. the whole point of the story is it's just our small lens on this unknowable incomprehensible universe so it's just yeah. like anyway it's, yeah uh, they just give us what we need to know without trying to give us too much information and i think yeah. and i also think that's one of the downfalls of some of the sequels where they they're like, no, we're we're trying to like explain too much. You're like, we don't need right. all of this. Just just tell the story you're gonna tell, but you don't need half this stuff that you're trying to tell us. You know, yeah. Yeah, that that I think is a, a critical failing. And then the other one I think is also that like I they keep trying to go back to that same formula of um I've only seen the first three to be fair. Um mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen international, but like the the um fish out of water jay's still got some stuff to learn it's like no i want to see a movie about the the agent jay at the end of this movie I want yeah. one who like knows that dennis rodman is the alien and is just like confident and is like k in terms of knowing all the things um and and it's just like doing cool cop stuff in in this weird wacky environment also yeah i want to i want to see uh uh what's her name uh the the mortician as agent l yeah i was so (laughs) mad they never brought her back like i think somewhere in the second one they say she ran off somewhere or whatever like it was just like a bland aside comment but i was just like but she was such a cool character like she would have been so awesome in like another movie and they were just like no we just gotta bring agent k back and i was like yeah all right yeah Um, she was uh in the cartoon which i watched as a kid and enjoyed i haven't gone back and and watched it but uh yeah it was the three of them in uh in the cartoon uh, in the cartoon though they made her blonde because i don't know they decided i don't know but uh, i guess we just have to stop asking questions just let just something what they're yeah whatever yeah um at least you know they gave her a role instead of like writing her off on screen like men in black 2 did yeah (laughs) the thing men in black 2 was so bad like even i i will even give men in black 3 a pass i actually enjoy men in black 3 it's 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 fine but it's just fine yes it's just fine yeah yeah 
Um, but Men in Black 2, you're just like, just throw it out. Just we don't yeah. need any of this. This is all horrible. What are you doing? Like it just mm-hmm. like I don't even know who came up with like, I mean, I don't even think it's the premise. Like, I actually think the premise that it was like um like a Twilight Zone show that was based on like a real event and Kay was there and all that kind of stuff. Like, I actually find that interesting. Like, but if they did it well, it right. would have worked out. But like, who is it? Lara Flynn Boyle is the you know, lingerie wearing plant alien and mm-hmm. the you know, um, what's her name? Rosario Dawson as as the emotional alien who works in a pizza shop. Like, I don't like whatever. Like, well, and, then, and then they just like cranked up the like, oh, the fan favorite aliens from the last one. We need a lot more of them. Yeah. You know, Which they um, really didn't. Yeah, no. exactly. It's <laughs> it, like, oh, remember when it was really cool and funny and unexpected that the pug talked? We better make sure he's in all the movies now. It's like instead of like instead of being like, hey, what if we did something cool and exciting and interesting and a little quirky, like with the dog, they're like, oh, the dog is the thing. Like, we'll just yeah. keep doing the dog, which, yeah. whatever. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the what's, um, I have it written down here. L- Linda Florentino uh, yes. is her name. And yeah, she was, I've only seen her in this and Dogma. Yep. And then I don't remember seeing her in anything else now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, she was, I think they were trying to make her like a big thing. And then she just sort of disappeared after a while. Which is tragic. And and I, I don't know what happened, but like what amazed me again watching this movie is that like she shows up about halfway through and we've been watching like, uh, well, no, she shows up very. Oh early. yeah, yeah, right at the yes. beginning, absolutely. Right at the beginning, but, yeah. but like, she starts like acting, uh, uh, you know, a, a, and then like across from Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, and she's able to keep up with them. Like, oh like, yeah, like just in terms of charisma and uh, you know, on screen presence and like delivery of lines and stuff. Like, like obviously, like her character is well written, and and I. I I like her from that too, but like just as a as a as an actor, it's it's like it doesn't feel like she's just added on, but she or like there's a supporting character, but she's just like oh yeah, m- me and Will Smith are having this like back and forth rapport, and it's like oh yeah, she's she feels like part of the movie instead she of does. instead of just like uh you know one of these bit characters so it yeah was, like uh, we have to like wedge in this lady somewhere right no right. she feels she, part of it yeah yeah uh i love when she like is trying to be subtle when the bug is there and then when everything goes wrong she starts yelling at him it's like ah <laughs> it's just, like, come on man yeah so anyway all, all that to say like she should have been in more movies she would have been fantastic yeah. she, she well, clearly was able to do all really impressive stuff yeah according to her filmography she was in 30 films Mm -hmm. um and men in black and a dogma were pretty close to the end of her filmography but everything else comes across as kind of like weird yeah i don't know there's like body count and the last seduction and chain of desire you know like that scene is kind of like eh. yeah I don't was know. Scorsese movie. I feel like uh, I was watching a little video about um, 
YouTube video, the Patrick H. Willems one about Men in Black. And uh, uh, he mentioned there that she was in a Scorsese movie, but... I have no idea which one of these called. would have been a Scorsese movie. Yeah. Um, going to just uh, other cast members, David Cross as the tiny mortician. He's so good. Uh, he's so <laughs> hilarious. It's and, one and, small scene, but he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets killed in the ceiling and he's oh. it's so good. He but... does not get killed. Remember that. Wow, okay. We see him again in the second movie. Also, yeah. one of the best scenes in the second movie. Fair it's enough. very funny. But he may have also turned into a murderer at the end of that scene, technically, because he gets up to kill his mother and it's it's fun. Right. right. Um <laughs> but yes, I do like that character. It was great. Yeah. And Rip Torn as Zed is also <laughs> great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's just ridiculous. Absolutely amazing. Uh just like his delivery about just being like the most I don't know, like him talking about oh the the twins keep us on a uh 37 Ar- hour day. Yeah, 37 hour day or like Arcturian time or whatever it is. And it's like <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh yeah, you'll get used to it or you'll have a psychotic break." Just like again. <laughs> Perfectly deadpan delivery. Yeah, they don't uh, follow it up. They don't do anything with it. Yeah. They're just like, and it's in the air. Just let yeah. it happen. It's good. Yeah. The only time he like intentionally tries to tell a joke is the intergalactic kegger, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and immediately gets made fun of for it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And like, no, that's not funny anymore. We're good. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I do love this movie, and it's. It's one of those things that you, yeah, there's a couple of like weird plot holes and, and things in it. Like, um, like especially at the end of the movie, which is the thing that always drives me nuts about it, is it's bright daylight. They're back at MIB headquarters. Um, they have an hour to stop to, to get the galaxy back. And then it's night. And it's, and it's pitch black outside. And you're just like, it's been more than an hour, I think. Yes. You know, sorry, it was sorry. It was, According to the thing, it was 52 minutes. They had eight minutes left when they got there. So plenty of time. Yeah. Plenty of time. Gal- Galactic but, standard week. Yeah. <laughs> like an hour. That seems, <laughs> I feel like you should have like negotiated how long that would be for Earth. You know, but that, but again, to go back to it, it's like Earth is insignificant, and so like they get no say in what uh, a week is. They they don't get a say in what the Arcturian what day is, yeah, or or the or what the the or or what the Arkelian battle cruisers like uh, rules of engagement are, which is the you know ultimatum, warning shot, and then uh, <laughs> you have a galactic standard week to respond. Like like all of that is just not uh, uh like this is the absolute opposite of star trek where earth is not the center of everything it is the center of nothing the federation like it, it, no one cares except it's, it's it's neat that you can go and visit it and you yeah. can hang out there if you want to <laughs> yes get some good pierogi I, I do like the <laughs> fact that the arcalians are message is like you know get the galaxy back or you will be destroyed yeah. sorry like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They're very nice. They're very polite it's about so it. They're good. Like, also, they don't send it translated. Yeah. <laughs> like, like... Translating it, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk to it. And it's up to them to translate it. 
I mean, I think that's kind of how it works, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much stuff in this movie that's great. Like the car and the red button and the weird Elvis stuff, how he went yeah. back home. So he's still alive somewhere, obviously. Yeah. Um, the teachers from Venus. But I thought it was really weird. Like, I know they would have done their background on Agent J and everything. But he's like, I swear, in grade three, I had a teacher that was from Venus. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know which one really yep. do you yeah? Yeah, yeah okay that's fine that's okay. right yeah and uh uh yeah um sylvester salone is on that screen as well um and uh rush limbaugh i spotted I, those were the two i spotted but there there's like a bunch of other people on there yeah. that are just like aliens uh yeah. that they're monitoring i like at the end with the dennis rodman he's like not much of a describe i'm like mm, yeah. yeah that's that's about right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah the weird ones um yeah i think that's all i have for this movie i mean yeah i, I, I did realize that this movie takes place in only three days technically except for like the, the cold open we're not talking about that part it's just like the time we make will smith to the time you know he's part of mib and k is going it's been like yeah. three days and you're like yep. what that is a crazy ass three days yeah gonna say that um vincent d'onofrio as Edgar. right sorry that's the so good. um uh yeah him like the crazy just every scene he's in you're just like uh uh that but also him as human egger um is like he has about 25 seconds of screen time before he gets killed and, and he has and yeah you have to establish that he is the like most hateful worthless human being on the planet and he succeeds so well i love, I yeah. love- I love the whole like, uh, I'm not gonna eat this, it's probably poison. And then don't take that away, I'm eating that. <laughs> it is poison, isn't it? Yeah. And you're just like, uh well, because I mean, I think if he comes he came across as like a nice person or someone who didn't deserve to be killed, you'd be spending Yo, the whole 100%. movie being like, I feel sorry for you. But yeah. then you know, you're just like, as soon as he dies, you're just like, and that's what you get. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what you get, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like He's even more evil throughout the whole movie. And then that's what you get. You know, nope. don't be a dick. Be nice to people. What's don't wrong? Start with nothing. You? Won't be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then his wife is also just amazing. Uh, yeah. uh what's her name? The uh, I thought I read it, wrote it down, but I'm not spotting it immediately. Uh, but just even just her pronunciation uh, of Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Yeah, Siobhan. Yeah, yeah. yeah Fallon. Yeah. Uh, is, yeah, He's she, one of those like bit like actresses that are in like a bunch of things. And right. every time she's on screen, you're just like, you're really good at this, whatever this right. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a her again, another deadpan line delivery where it's like uh uh bug D'Onofrio stumbles in and it's like what was that, Edgar? And it's like sugar. I've never seen sugar do that before. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> just, just, just that's the line, and then we just move on. We just it's keep so going. Funny. Like, no, no, I want sugar. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah, just like I don't think I, your truck exploded. I don't think that was sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so deadpan, so hilarious. 
But yeah. also when they go back and interview her as well, and she's talking about, um, she's like, oh yeah, he wanted sugar water. And it was weird because he didn't want lemonade. And he just starts yeah. naming off these other yeah, things. All the not ice water, water. Not, not soda, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and they're just like, and we're going to stop this. We're just, we're going to flashy thing. You just, we're going to yeah. end this right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she really did need a decorator. So it was fine. I like, I like the, yeah. the story they gave her. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so um, I, it sounds like we're we're wrapping up on on a Men in Black and might be moving towards Minority Report, but uh, I think that the this this was something that uh, you know maybe I was projecting a little bit, but I was uh, feeling both movies represented in in slightly different ways. But uh, the cops in this movie especially are trash. Like <laughs> like Will Smith is is obviously like you know he's the best of the best of the best, sir. Yeah, but. But like all of the other cops are just like fat and angry and like and then the cop, you know, she talks about how the chief of police came and interviewed her and just was like laughing at her the whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. Like at the very least, this woman's husband has gone missing. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, something has gone uh, wrong. Yeah, right. But like the 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 whole scene where uh, the like fat police officers like in the the debrief room with jay and he's like oh i if you were half the man i was like, what are you talking about I am, I, I am half the man that you are yeah, yeah like, and it, like and too and like when they're like running too and he's like yeah you you go ahead you you do your thing yeah, let him run. yeah. and he's just like what is why are you here you're not even right. trying to do anything yeah like, come on and, and, yeah and and you already said before the line about like uh um K uh demeaning the the um border patrol officers because they're like protecting us from aliens but they're just like some people who just like yeah anyway it's just i i, I was reading it i was like oh this is th- this movie is not kind to any police officers no. and doesn't, I, I it doesn't like law good. enforcement at all yeah. well yeah. because like i mean they are supposed to be a quote-unquote law enforcement but they're not like cops they're not here to put people in jail or whatever they're just supposed to make sure that things run smoothly and they're not unless you do something like eat a person or do something really dangerous these things aren't going in a prison quote unquote they are going to be sent home or or wherever so i mean i i think his his overall dislike of the police is that they're not solving anything by just putting people in cages. They're yeah. solving things by actually like figuring out what the problem is, listening to people and then listening to the aliens and then figuring out the problem and then making an actual solution to it, right. you know, and, and fixing and fixing things, which is very hard to be said about law enforcement in any country in the world, really. But yeah. So, so it's like, these are both movies about cops that are that the the framing of the movie is like mm, cops aren't great like yeah. so, like it's a, it's an interesting thing it's not like a uh um you know not not that other movies aren't like that but it's it's it was just an interesting through line between these two two films well, i actually like with minority report i don't even think that they they're going on about how cops aren't great i think they're going on about how um, it's more along the lines of how do I put it? Like, because at first, when you first meet, um, I don't even know what his character's name is in this. Colin um, Farrell? Tom 
Tom, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Cruise. John Adderton. Like yeah. when you first meet him, cops are great. They are solving crimes. They're stopping them from happening, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as, you know, the system is turned on him, he's like, everything is wrong. Right. And but, so so the other thing is when John Anderton. So this is, I think, my argument a little bit is that is that when John Anderton is on the on the run, the only person who can like do actual detective work is Colin Farrell. Everybody else is like, I don't know. We don't have a ball yet. Where, what are we supposed to do? Like they're basically like just custodians and bullies. Like you see that when they're um, searching the, um, uh, the, the apartment complex where he gets his eye surgery. Oh, with the spiders. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they just use their technology and whatever. And then like the Colin Farrell is the one who actually like, looks at the evidence, figures things out and, and almost realizes what, you know, who, who he needs to arrest. And mm -hmm. so it's like, that's, that's the good stuff, but just these weird, like over militarized, basically like garbage collectors are, are, are like, they're completely useless without their toys. They don't really serve a purpose. Uh, or the purpose they serve is bad. Anyway, that was just yeah. again, like no, I, I'm probably bringing more to it than than is. No, I I think yeah, you're but, you're yeah. right because it's the it seems to just be an extension of what's happening right now with with cops and especially in North America where uh, they keep militarizing them. Like they keep like for some reason cops have tanks. Like I don't like <laughs> why is this a thing? You know, it's, so and it's the same thing. I was thinking about that specifically when they're chasing Anderson down in the alley and he keeps like messing with their jetpacks and stuff. Like what's good also is that like the special effects of that scene aren't super great. They're uh, horrible. Like but, watching that scene, my note was, why does this look so bad? But, but I like, I kind of love that because it's like, why are you using jetpacks? Like people have been arresting other people in alleys for like, 500 years you don't need a jetpack but instead they're like no i'm gonna use my jetpack and it's like it's it's like i read it i chose to read that particular element of the text as uh like um you know we gave the cops way too many toys and now they don't like like what would be the the functional difference between them just backing off and putting like a dragnet around that block like that would be the correct solution, but it says like, no, we've got these militarized jetpacks. We yeah. gotta like fly around, be an idiot, and then they get they, they're useless. Like like the more money we throw at the cops, the less effective they they become. Anyway, well, and and I think at, um John uses that against them in that sequence where 100%. he's like he's like he jumps on one dude and he's like i'm gonna unbuckle you and then you fall out of it you know yeah um and he's like oh i know if i do this it's gonna spiral off and go that way so right do that to you like he uses yeah. his like knowledge of the equipment and the system to actually you know get away and like solve this right. crime essentially right. yeah and, and he does the really nice thing where he makes sure that his his uh a uh, former cop buddy has a good grip on the uh, oh yeah, uh, like on the bar before the yeah. the jetpack goes. Well, I think he knows death. that they are following orders; they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? And he knows them, and he doesn't want to hurt them or kill them. Right. He just wants not to be captured by them. So, 100%. even if he's putting them in danger, he's like, "I'm still going to make sure you're not dying. Like, yeah, I want yeah. you to live." Yeah, but but also like the beginning of your sentence, right? All they're doing is following orders. They they don't they can't think rationally. They're not like 
you know, they don't have the emotional investment in uh, pre-crime the way that Anderton or uh, his father figure does. I can't remember his name, Mm. Um, but like they they follow it absolutely and unwaveringly, even though they don't actually believe in it the same way that that he does. Um, And it's just uh, it's it's like they're anyway. I think that there are elements there if 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 you're looking for them, and I clearly was looking for them. That like well, you can okay. you can string together into a conspiracy theory. Yeah. So we've touched on it already. Yeah. What do you think about the technology in this future? Like, I'm not talking just about like the the cops, jetpacks, and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. We spend most of the time in like the police station, everything. I agree. But like the way they have like their computer screens and like you know um, where they have like the jail thing, which makes no sense. You know yeah. the, the, the way that like cars are set up and everything. What do you think of this this vision of technology of the future? Uh, I, I think it, it it's like an excellent dystopian thing like I, I love that that um uh the the like automatic cars um they're super safe like the on the on the weird uh not quite highway thing you know that like it turns down and the, yeah. like, they're on a cliff and it, like the fact that that um uh the cops can commandeer any of those at any time or like remotely i love that the the eye scanning thing is there um like I, I had to look this up um, It because the movie came out in 2002, mm-hmm. uh, but it was shot like um, I, I just look. Yeah, here it says uh, filming took place uh, in in March to July 2001. So mm-hmm. not only is this like like seven years before the first iPhone, but like is we don't even have uh, the Patriot Act yet. Like this is this is like uh i i thought it was like very prescient and like now we know what they're doing with facial recognition technology and like including the more mundane stuff like we, we've seen that people use uh facial recognition it just in in uh malls like uh, uh on the uh um kiosks where uh you can like look at the map you know mm-hmm. so if facial recognition just to track your spending habits your your uh things like that so i was like Anyway, so that's my thing. I love the the thing. I don't think it's always like it's all like actually going to happen because it's a sci-fi movie. But I, I love the that's one of the things I love about this movie is like the vision of this like dystopian weird technology stuff. I feel it's very like cyberpunk-esque. Yeah, well, yeah, it definitely is because I, I think you've already touched on it that our society is moving towards this hyper commercialized consumerist thing where you have all of these like in-depth technologies just to sell things to people which is half the movie and so the movie takes place in what 20 2054 so only about 30 years from now and um i was sitting there the whole movie going like that would just annoy the fuck out of me like yeah. if I walked into the store and be like, "Sup, Tracy? Did you want to try on some pants?" And I'd be like, "What? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not here for pants." Or like, he's pouring cereal. I love cereal, but if I poured cereal and I bought the box saying to me every time I did it, yeah. I would also throw the box across the room. Like, right, no, right. this is just—it just seemed horrible and torturous and like overly stimulating. You know, yep. like all of your senses are like attacked constantly right because it's and not that's even... before social media which like is acting like we're choosing to constantly you know bombard ourselves with just like 
you know, ran- people's random hot takes. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and the thing is, it's, it's just all these random, like, invisible screens that are projected in front of your face all the time and you can't even like get away from it even if you want to you know it's just seems like a lot absolutely uh and and it it reminds me of that um the black mirror episode with uh daniel kaluuya uh the i can't remember what it's called it's the Ten Thousand credits or something um where i don't know if you've seen it but uh uh, oh, okay. You haven't seen it. No, I haven't uh, anyway, seen it. Anyway, no. he lives in a very similar society. Um, ads are, are blasted at him constantly, but he can pay to have them not like, so if you, every time you try to close the ad, so this is not part of minority report, but you can imagine it showing up is like, oh, you don't like that your cereal talks at you all the time? Just pay a small fee every every month, and uh, you're, you you can you can skip the ads on the front of your cereal. Right, it's another like, level of like ad blocker and yeah. you know uh, freemium kind of things. We're exactly. Like yeah, get this thing for free, but it'll it'll torture yeah. you all the time. But we can you can pay us not to torture you. That'll yeah, and isn't that really nice of us to offer yeah. that option? <laughs> it's so horrible. <laughs> Society's going downhill, and nothing's ever going to get better. Yeah, sure. No, I guess I agree. <laughs> I am. I have nothing against what you just said. That's All where right. we're going. Yeah. Yep, because yep. I mean, technically, a capitalist society. I don't technically have anything against capitalism. I like I buying do, stuff. I like having stuff. Whatever. But do I think poor people should be extremely poor and should be still gonna stay in a gutter? No. And two, do I think it's okay to be bombarded with advertisements and be scared and be told if you don't have the thing, you're not good enough? No. But if I work and I'm like, I want a thing and I can get it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And there are other societies where you can, like, buy things you need or like while also simultaneously not, like, just constantly shovel money to people who already have an enormous amount of capital. But I think that that's probably a uh, different, it's, it's for outside the scope of uh, minority report. And what I'm trying right to now. think of like, where is this magical place you're talking about? <laughs> it's, mm. I think no matter where you are in the world, if you buy something, unless it's like some dude on a corner who made a thing and you handed it to them, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're you're giving money to people. You're giving. Oh, I'm not saying you're not giving money to money. people. What I'm saying is that, like, anyway, uh, things things like uh, uh, private ownership of like from a corporation of a massive amount of real estate, so mm. that either they they're just act as landlords, which is providing no benefit to society. They're just siphoning off some of that money. Uh, and keeping people out of those houses like why did the fact that they were able to put a bunch of investment money together and buy those houses well why should that allow them to to regulate who gets to live or or how much money that they get they get to charge for the for those houses yeah and as you know that's a huge problem right now yeah it's a huge problem and so that doesn't preclude like a society could exist that didn't have that but also had three different brands of toothpaste that you could choose from, you know, like, I feel like it's not one or the other, (laughs) but again, uh, this is minority reports also not just about the commercialism, but also literally putting people in jail for what they might do, which again, 
it was shot entirely before 9-11, but was super relevant when it came out. Well, I mean, it is based on a Philip K. Dick um, short story slash novella, um, which would have been written, what, in the 60s, I think? I think I looked it up as the 50s. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I read that story slash I, oh, yeah? I read, I like, read a book version of it. Yeah. But this was literally when I worked in a bookstore, which was like over 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And like most of the story is there. It, it is about mm-hmm. like, precogs and all that kind of stuff. They just filled in a lot more stuff in this movie, obviously, because, you know. Right. I mean, even if they filmed like a minute, a page of that book, it would still be shorter than this. Yeah. But um, but like most of the story was there. And it I mean, the fact that he was coming up with this kind of stuff in the 50s and it's so relevant when this movie came out and is even more relevant now makes you think how far ahead his mind was. Because, I mean, like, uh, so this is what the third Philip K. Dick property we have talked about on this podcast, because I also talked Blade Runner, which is based on his Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, which pretty much have the book and the movie have almost nothing to do with each other. There's Deckard and uh, replicants and that's about it. That's the same. It's fine. Um, And then there's um, a scanner darkly and which is a book I've tried to read like eight times. Can't read it. Um, But the movie is quite fantastic. Um, And, you know, you watch that stuff. Now the dystopia and the, the, the downfall of the society, how cops treat people or, or people who they still don't view as people or, you know, trying to, you know, drugs and things like that. It just, it, it blows my mind how he thought about this so much long, so long ago and it's still relevant and it's getting, it's seemingly getting closer to that. So it's crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a little bit like the Simpsons thing where it's like, it's not so much that they were able to predict the future it's that uh, the problems that existed back then just continued to be the same problems and just get worse and worse. So yeah. it's like, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it is prescient in, in one way, but also it's just like, man, people were warning us in the fifties that this would happen. And we're like, yeah, yeah that sounds like a great idea. Let's, let's can't, do that. That's awesome. I can't wait till we live in a totalitarian state where people are arrested for possible futures. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, they do bring it up in the movie where they're just like, look, these people haven't done anything, but yeah. they're going to do something, right? Yeah. And and the whole idea is, that, especially with, like, crimes of passion and stuff, like, I think with premeditation, even now, if you, you premeditate, like, you make a plan and somebody stops you from going through with that plan, you can get arrested because the, you, you've already started the motions of the crime. Right. Mm -hmm. But especially with things that are like crimes of passion, which are things that are in the moment, they should all you have to do is like get in the situation, separate the people, de-escalate, and you're good to go. Like I don't I don't see what the big deal is, you know? Yeah. So but that's me. No, I and I I think and I uh um in my notes, I have uh, one of my favorite Simpsons quotes, which is the uh, attempted murder. Honestly, what is that? Do they give a Nobel Prizes for attempted chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, you know. Yeah, and, it's and, true. 
they bring that up a little bit with the like uh, rolling the ball and uh, uh, Colin Farrell catches it. It's like, oh, it it absolutely was going to fall. Nothing would have changed that except your intervention. Therefore, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the inevitability, they play around with it a little bit. But um, one of the things that kind of bugs me about this movie is that it doesn't keep that that question in the in the solution to the problem it it ends up being just a um oh the the old guy was able to exploit like this weird bug in the system but otherwise it would have been fine so it's all a bunch of like like i i get that i do have a weird question about that okay because if you so according to the movie yeah how the system works is is that if there's a premeditated crime going to happen, the precogs get a vision of it about four days before it's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. right? And then they get like the brown ball and one is the the victim and one is the criminal, right? Now, if it's a crime of passion, they have minutes, maybe half an hour yeah, before they know, you know, but they get the name and it's a red ball, they get the name, of the victim and the criminal. Fine. But within the movie, so he says this there's a glitch, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the precogs get an echo. Yep. Okay. So if the crimes look they're right after, like if they're happen right after each other and they look the same, they might be like, oh, it's the same thing. Get rid of it. Right. Okay. But there's a problem with that because. Even with an echo, another ball would be put out and there would be two people listed as the criminal. No, it it doesn't list the criminal. It only lists the victim. So it would both. I I agree with you that there there probably should be two balls, but they should both say Anne Lively because it was all it was. It's always the. the No, but there there is a criminal ball because that's how they know. um, So when John Adderton has he gets a ball at some point doesn't he oh or yeah there's it, two balls you're right you're right yeah. one goes one, one goes one way and one yeah, goes the yeah, other yeah, way yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Totally right. so there would have been two criminal quote-unquote yeah. balls yeah. four days before because um what's what's his name his name is he's got a black guy name he's got lamar burgess um <laughs> he's the the director dude yeah. so he he premeditates all of right. this so to me, you're breaking, it's not a glitch. You are breaking whatever the you're doing, the, the rules yeah. of the system, right? Because yeah. the only way that would actually work is that if he showed up there and then it wasn't premeditated, it was like spur of the moment. Like she said something and he was like, what? And killed her, fine. But also that's like a red ball showing up. So yep. I, to me, it doesn't like, they broke their own system within the movie. Like they're not following yeah. their own rules. And, and I think that like, you're right. Like, I, I think that it, now that you're pointing that out to me, it, it, it absolutely should have happened that, the way that you're describing it. And uh, they're, they are breaking their own rules. But I think that like the, the intention of the, um, the movie, and I don't, I don't think it does this especially well, but I think that the idea is that even in a, a perfect system, the like levers of power, the humans, in charge of that system will exploit it for their own ends right so like well uh, yeah it, colin farrell's character brings that up at one point yeah in time. he's like 
you know, there's always a flaw in the system and it's usually human. Like, I think I right. think that's pretty much what he says. Right, right, and right. that's why he looks so hard into John Adderton, because he thinks because he has so much control over the system. He thinks mm-hmm. he's abusing it's, it, where it's, it's even it's higher than that. Is, yeah. the, is the abuser. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but also that also creates a, a weird paradox within this because, um, so the thing is, is that he would not have gone to look for uh, this Leo Crow character, the guy he's supposed yep. to kill, and if the if the ball didn't ball happen. didn't happen, right? Yep. So my question is, what? Something before that must have triggered that happening at some point in time. Because to, to me, it doesn't make it's a it's a like he would have had to know something. It's a chicken and the egg thing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a classic like yeah future paradox is like if if you didn't it, it's 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 kind of the opposite because uh, they talk at the end right is that like um, all these people if they instead of just being arrested and haloed for some reason um if they had been instead told we we have seen a future where you kill this person then they have a choice whether to 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 follow through with that death or not mm-hmm. and so this is like the the reverse of that where it's like if if he wasn't told he was going to kill this person would he have even killed him in the first place like it's it's a the 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 act of seeing into the future changes the future both both ways it's like exactly. yeah 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 I, mm-hmm. I think that that's absolutely true yeah and I that's why i is. think I, I think the the people that are you know caught in crimes of passion should not have been haloed and put in jail right. because they they really didn't do anything they didn't huh. it was it was a it, it's like it's an accident it's like tripping over a rock like if you were told the rock is there you're not gonna trip over it right so if you stop them Right. And be like, hey, there is a rock. And they're like, oh, thank you. Step over. It would have been fine. And it's the same thing with like, especially like the murder at the beginning, the one that you show where they show why it happens. Like the husband is suspicious. There's the guy across the street. Right. Wife is being weird. And he decides, you know, to stake out what's going on. Um, and then he finds, and then it's a, it is a crowd of like he has the scissors in his hand because he was cleaning up with the kids downstairs and blah, blah, blah. And you see the progression to it. But yeah. as soon as they come through the windows, which also I thought was overkill. Um, exactly. They're 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 ridiculously over uh right? over militarized cops. Yeah, you know, they, John... they didn't need to break all of their windows. <laughs> because well, John stops him, right? Yeah. Then they come through the windows, they throw the the who would the would-be victims on the floor yeah. and like hold them down. They yep. throw that guy on the bed, they start yelling and screaming at them. And that's when they're just like, Oh yeah, by the way, this guy's gonna kill you. So you know, yeah. like yeah, what? yeah. Not only the trauma of them blasting through, but they're like, Your husband was about to murder you. This is <laughs> like, but by, by the way, we're taking him away, so no more marriage for you. Like, I hope I hope, I hope you have a fun chat with your kid when he gets home from school. Seriously. Like, like it just it just was just so like it went from you know a, a correct level, like him running in and like stopping yeah. the dude fine that's a good level just walk in behind him and be like 
what's up you know the, no no the rest of the stuff was just like crazy i i also like because you, you at first you think that the like that first um investigation it's just like it's paced like a like a thriller right it's like oh we gotta catch him before it happens blah 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 blah, blah. It's so close but then like later in the movie we start learning that um the uh um like the idea of anybody successfully murdering anybody in dc would start to throw questions around pre pre crime so they're like this could not happen and the fact that it was so close to happening and like if that's their normal operating procedure before their chief gets you know on the lamb uh has to run on the lamb like that is a shaky system. That is not a sustainable process. Yeah. Uh, and and so, like, I, I again, uh, I don't know if this was intended, but I chose to view that first thing as, like, showing, oh, this, the process that they've set up, even when it's working right, is kind of a disaster. Like, yes. it, it just, it keeps working out because they, maybe John Anderson is just really fast at running and he's able to figure out that, that, uh, <laughs> There's a merry-go-round there, right? But otherwise, this would just have gone ahead and they would have been, like, way too late. And, you know, that's fine because then he would have potentially actually murdered somebody and then he could be arrested for murder and it would suck that to, you know, for those people to have been murdered. But, like, the idea that they're... Like, what if they did get the wrong house and they smashed through the windows and, like, you know, haul all these people away? Like, anyway, it's just... Yeah, it's and, yeah. it's and and I think that's one of the biggest problems with this whole thing. And I think that's also part of the point of it is, like, yeah. you know, predetermining someone's guilt before they've done anything is stupid. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. They haven't, there's no real reason to arrest them. There's no real reason to, you know have them in jail they haven't done anything wrong and especially with the crimes of passion which is the first thing that they show us like with the system working and why it's so hectic it it just kind of like blows my mind and also the fact that like even with the whole john adderton thing you're telling me like i know this hasn't been around for six years and there's been no murders in dc since the system has been set in but you're telling me there is nobody in dc where the political hub of the world, where shady shit goes on constantly, there's no other balls coming through that thing for other detectives to be looking at? No? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, they do a little bit of a nod where it's just like, oh, no, no, no murders. Like, people have gotten the message. Like, oh, people don't murder anymore because we'll we'll arrest them beforehand. And the, the sea of people that are haloed, I love the whatever his name is, the, the, the caretaker there. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, creepy. He's you so know, good. he's doing dirty things to them at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, he's um looking glass in uh, um the HBO Watchmen show. Oh yes. And, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. He's got the mirrored like masky thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh and uh he's um in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Anyway, mm-hmm. he's great. But yeah, he is such a, total slime ball which is great because we we could compare him to like the um the weird like mind brothel guy who is like the cuddliest underworld overlord. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, you're so fun and charismatic. We're going to yeah. make it happen for you. Yay. Exactly. Like, really? Yeah. Okay, sure. But okay, so can I talk about the caretaker scene, the first one, where he's like, he's looking for the... And the, lovely or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it just me or was that scene like ridiculous? Like it was ridiculous. I mean, in the, you're going to have to narrow down because <laughs> again, this is, involves... Cops on jetpacks. Okay, <laughs> so so he goes in to see the caretaker. Yeah, and the caretaker's like, "Well, we have to go to the guy who killed the girl to find the 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 video thing from right. the precogs, right?" So they go, and he's like, "We've got to go in for a trip." So they go into the thing. And they've got like an arm that kind of like spins around yeah. for some reason. But then all of all of the prisoners are going up and down. Like it's it's like a, wave. a wave. Yeah. Like, but why? Shouldn't you just be like, shouldn't they just all be in the ground and go over the glorious. wave? Up? Like, That's it, why. I was, I was so annoyed. I was like, this doesn't make. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you the truth. The whole thing doesn't is convoluted. Like, yeah. I know they want it to be like later on, they come up with this whole thing. But they're like, so the precogs are in this pit with the creepy dude who loves them. And then when <laughs> they see things, they have a cube of a ball that is is then made into a spear, which is then, you know, has the name printed on it. And it's also varnished. And then yeah. it goes down the thing. And then they read it. And then they got to find who it is. And I was just like, oh, my God. Are you what? You yeah, telling but- me you don't have a dot matrix printer that could just blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. Yeah, the, the weird line about like, oh, it's because the wood grain is unique. It's yeah. impossible to forge. Uh, I was like, okay, that's some 50s, you know, novelization stuff. Yeah. But also uh, the, the, when I heard that again, I was just like, oh, so somebody right now is trying to put this on the blockchain. Every red ball is, is, an, is a unique NFT that people can like, monetize about whether they're going to get caught in yeah. time or not well you know, but, anyway. my, but, but my thing is is like a they don't seem to keep the balls anyway <laughs> right so yeah. and second of all who's to stop somebody from just like <laughs> making a ball it's, somewhere like it's unique grain it's fine it's, like, a, it's, it's a, the same as printing it on a piece of paper it's, it's totally bonkers yeah yeah <laughs> like the whole thing like that whole sequence because they go right from there to the prison to then the the wave of the prisoners and stuff yeah. and i was just like you guys are just oh i love just, it i love oh my it God. it's too it's just, much it's all atmosphere it's so yeah. good i also um, didn't realize spielberg himself directed this one and i was yeah. just like oh. and he, exec- he was the executive producer on men in black he so, was yes man. um but I was very frustrated by all of the unnecessary stuff in Minority Report. And I think I, the reason the reason I watched this movie is for the unnecessary stuff. Like I think that <laughs> the like the the movie itself has like all all these flaws, but just the 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 world building, the like the nonsense. Anyway, that's that's one of the reasons why I love it, is that it's like uh when he runs away and he, he goes to the mother of pre-crime and she just has like a sentient plant like arboretum <laughs> yeah. for no reason. It's like no reason. Of course, this is awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> like 
you know um yeah and again the, then it leads into one of those scenes where it's it's just pure exposition for five minutes yeah she's just like this is everything and she just like talks for five minutes straight you're just like yeah yeah yeah. really you're not even gonna try to like build this into a the story in a better way like come on yeah yeah and she it's, gets to kiss kiss tom cruise for no like, reason i just i was like is it just because you're lonely with the plants like, or she's like at, the actress is like well i'm never gonna get this opportunity again <laughs> gonna, well, i mean we're this close just you know exactly a little bit and more. Th th this is before uh um uh the oprah uh couch uh <laughs> thing i think so like tom yeah. cruise was still like you know un less tarnished tom cruise let's say yes, less tarnished tom cruise <laughs> um, um yeah and like and there's also the scene where they're in like the car factory yes uh, it's, it's just, 90 empty barrels yeah it's just, <laughs> just like, empty plastic barrels bouncing around but the other thing that i thought was hilarious about it is that like at the end of the factory line you could just drive the car out yep. somehow so good. there's it's made with keys in it or <laughs> something gets, like I he don't... gets the car built around him and he just sits up yes. <laughs> it's so good See, and they like I show his eyes he's like i'm still alive yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, okay. uh, but also like uh in the middle of that scene where because you know all of his future cops are chasing him but uh that's the first time we see colin farrell like in the uh in the field and oh. he's still wearing his like suspenders and he's like He's like just a pure noir, uh, like cop. He's he's mm. got like pomade in his hair, and he's yep. got like pr like prayer beads, and he's just like he looks like he's straight out of the fifties. It's great. Well, I, and what's I, good about him is that he's also the the person who is not about all of that technology either. So yep. he doesn't have the jetpack on. He doesn't have a fancy gun. He full on fisticuffs with him. Right. And you're just like I'm gonna just punch the shit out of you. We're gonna make this work. This exactly. Yeah. And and he has one of my favorite lines in the movie, which is at the, at the end. And I think about it a lot in like when I'm watching procedure like cop procedural shows, yeah. or yeah. like um, there's a great podcast called "You're Wrong About" that talks about like media portrayals of of crime versus reality. Um, and uh, he's like, so uh, you know, I I worked uh, uh well okay first he says I think he was a uh, uh, he was in um, Seminole school. He was a going. He was, he was a Seminole school, but then, but then he was like a, a homicide cop for like uh, ten years or something before yeah. he, he. Even though he looks it, like he's twenty five or something, he, he is like, twenty five. I looked him up. Oh, <laughs> like, is he? At, at, in two thousand one, <laughs> Colin Farrell's like twenty five years old. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, like he's like, so what we would call this in homicide was an orgy of evidence, and then it's like, you know how many orgies I saw in, in my however many years it was zero this is total bullshit this doesn't happen like oh i'm a i'm a serial murderer so i'm just gonna take all of my careful photographs and lay them out on the bed in a very <laughs> expressive yeah. way just so that everybody knows i'm super guilty yeah it's just uh and like again he's capable of thinking critically where everybody else is just like i don't know you tell us where to go and we jetpack there and punch everybody like well it's and, a, it's like as you said in procedurals it's the same thing it's always like yeah in the first scene of like every procedural when the cop shows up the cop's like well this is what happens right they're like well there's a broken glass and and you know steve's over here you're like yeah but did you notice the 35 other things in the room that could make it something different they're like oh you do that i'm not i'm gonna right 
Right. Yeah. And then and the criminal is always like, ah, you got me. I'm going to run away. You better shoot me. So there's no trial. <laughs> anyway, that's how CSI usually ends. <laughs> uh, um, or uh, what's the other one? Uh, Criminal Minds or Criminal you know. Minds. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to stop watching Criminal Minds because I was just like, this is just getting awful. Like, yeah. like I always like I do enjoy a good procedural. I'm sorry, they're pretty entertaining and half the time. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. they're like the formula is so comfortable and it's 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 mm. fantastic. No, I I, yeah. I watched the hell out of it. And them. half it's the like, time I watch it, I'm like, it'd never go like that. That's no. that's that's illegal what you're doing. Did you yeah. just punch somebody in your custody? That's also illegal. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you're just like, well, yeah. Um okay. I don't know if you saw very recently um there was a uh I can't remember what spawned it, but uh, one of the actresses who used to be on SVU was was talking about how like the portrayal of cops having sympathy for those victims would just set up an unrealistic expectation uh, was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, that, you think they'll listen to you and be like, oh, let's learn more about your life so that we can solve your problem. It's like, no, that's not actually how most cops treating those kinds of crimes yeah they usually victim blamers like what are you were you wearing why were you walking home by yourself you know blah 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 like there was there's actually like a case the other day um where somebody was assaulted and they're just like um don't go on the subway alone essentially yeah and they were like this is your fault why were you on the subway by yourself you're just like what does that mean the hell what does that and it was it wasn't even something that was at like two in the morning or anything it was like four in the afternoon you're just like why is why is this what you're telling a victim of a crime like yeah no she's been like well what does the person look like what did they do to you give us some evidence let's go hunt this person down not like everything is your fault so for for being a woman and being in public alone that's what you get how dare you yeah it's it's so disgusting yeah it's 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 not our job to i don't know police the city (laughs) (laughs) instead you should just stop being making yourselves victims uh and then we would have nothing to do yeah Yeah. like you know wear clothing that you're comfortable in go outside by yourself try to have a good day this is all your fault Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty sad actually that it's still the system is still that way you know yep but unless they but the problem is too is that they're not enforcing changes they're not actually trying to change things and you know and the few people who do try to change stuff they get kicked out of the system really quickly because they're not cooperating or they're not part of the blue or whatever and yeah it's it's all yeah there's so many stories like that so you know Yeah, yeah. yeah so and this movie obviously highlights it yeah yeah though there's there's an excellent scene uh not directly they talk about actually incarceration a lot but uh this the the other scene that i just absolutely love in this movie is the surgery the eye surgery is like the whole sequence of events from when he arrives at the thing all the way through to when he has to chase his eyeball that's rolling down the uh (laughs) the hallway and catches it at the last minute um is like it's genius. I love. I love everything about it. I love yeah. the, the. I'm sorry, like, Peter Stormare in yeah. always plays the grossest, creepiest yeah. slash coolest characters, and you're just like, 
ew, but you're also awesome. Like, what yeah. is what is this feeling? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I do feel sorry for John because he obviously thinks that that character did him wrong. He's like, I left you garbage. Right. Like, no, there's a real sandwich and real milk and yeah. everything in there but, for you. And it's so funny because he talks about all this intimidating stuff because, like, John Andrew didn't put him away and, like, he was, uh, you know, traumatized in jail and all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, and also he makes a comment where it's like, oh, that's, this actually isn't that much money. Uh, like, all of these things and then he just like does his job and tries to treat him right he's uh, a professional you know. yeah it's it's very it, it's it's very interesting i liked it um mm. but uh well based on that scene too like you glean that the he was a plastic surgeon and yeah. when people were under he used to set them on fire for fun and then yep. fix it yep. so yeah i don't feel bad that he went to jail Personally, no, but the, it's but, just yeah. it's crazy that he didn't do anything to John Anderson while he was under, yeah. other than give him some uh, uh, Japanese person's eyes, um, yes, or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but that scene was great. Like, I love that that yeah. whole thing because, and especially like the the weird Russian nurse too, yes. who comes in, and I'm like, what? Is I, I noticed. Um, she flushes the toilet and then we don't hear any washing of hands. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, that that's right after he like blows all the snot out of, out his, of nose, his nose. Yeah. And he's just like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> and the amount of uh, antibiotics will be pumping you with, there's no possible way. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not going to get, get, yeah. And yeah. it's just so um, goopy. Ugh, yeah. That whole sequence yeah yeah yeah. so wrong don't scratch (laughs) never scratch (laughs) (laughs) or you will go blind yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but uh but yeah like that whole oh and then and then like while he's under the spiders are are going and we have that amazing shot above the the um the different apartments so we're seeing into all the different apartments and uh um and like you know, there's like a domestic fight going on and they just both pause to get scanned and then just continue the fight without everything. There's two people having sex who just pause to yeah. get scanned. And then, uh, like afterwards, um, the lady is rightfully like mad that they terrorized her kids for no reason. And like, yeah. again, it's another example of like the cops just kind of coming in and being like assholes to everybody. Like he's uh, uh, the, the guy's just like, ah, let's uh use eight spiders so that uh, we can get out early and I can go get something yeah. to eat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They don't really, they don't really care about the people they're supposed to be protecting. And that's, yeah. and that's the biggest problem with, with the cops. Um, so, so yeah. Well, one thing I, I, I think it's like, it's a little reductive, but uh, I, I, I've liked it's, it's framing, which is um, cyberpunk uh versus like kind of transhumanism uh or in in future so like star trek's more of like the transhumanist kind of uh you know we 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 evolve beyond money yeah Yeah, all this stuff and and uh and uh cyber so the idea is that like um transhumanism is like where technology allows us to grow and change and be and and solve a lot of our human problems and cyberpunk is technology continues to grow and change but we stay like all the we just get new problems like we're it's just it's just humanity some more right like none of we're still 
petty and monstrous and you know cruel to each other it's just we do it with you know uh uh high-tech spiders instead of like uh, clubs <laughs> like well so- i mean you brought it up so i'm gonna continue this you brought yeah. up star trek but even in the star trek world it wasn't until we made first contact with aliens that we did absolutely go above that right because yeah. it's brought up in like the first episode of next generation and all that kind of stuff where um and even in like d space nine where they go back to 21 uh no it was earlier than that it, um uh what episode is that where they there's there's like riots in like san francisco and stuff and they yeah. have people in like the ghettos and everything um and they're they're literally are just like well why didn't they just help everybody you have enough resources like well because of money you're like what's yeah. money you know and until you know the human race sort of like banded together and realized they were small that's when they were just like Oh, we don't really need this. Okay, fine. Right. Whatever. And then they they got on with it. And I think, and I think until something like that that bans all of the human race together happens, we are gonna go to dystopia. Like that's yeah. just yeah. What's yeah. Well, that and, cyberpunk dystopia is gonna happen? Exactly. And and you know, uh men in black's thesis is that learning that aliens exist would not be the unifying uh, events that we need to bring us all together. Instead, in fact, it, it would make us a lot worse, and people would panic and and do all this thing, right? It's like that's why, you know, aliens have made first contact in Men in Black, and they're like, oh, we can't tell humans about this. Humans will be dumb. <laughs> Whereas- well, that that also happened with like, if you think of movies like District Nine, where. Nope. They they mistreated aliens essentially, where they're like, no, you guys, you guys are like refugees. You guys can sit in like a hole in the corner, and yeah. we're gonna treat you like what you are. You're not from here. We don't like you. Blah blah blah. Um, and that's and I so think you that's the cat food. yeah, and that's the the kind of fear mongering. I think is what the Men in Black world is trying to to not have. Right. But then there was also like a TV show, like a buddy cop TV show where one was an alien and one was like a human. Um, like, oh my God. What was that show called? Um, I know there was one with the alien nation. Oh, there we go. Alien nation. It was on from 89. <laughs> really? There was only like two seasons. I could have sworn there was a lot more anyways. But what happened was essentially uh, District 9 happened, so like these aliens came, they couldn't leave, they were seeking refuge, but they managed to be allowed to integrate into human society kind of thing. Right. But of course, humans are racists and, and all that kind of stuff, so they're mean and whatever. But then they started having like the aliens part of like um, like the policing system and so they understand each other's culture and language and all that kind of stuff. And so, and like, there's some humor in it, but it was a, clearly like a procedural. It was the same. It had the same problems yeah. as procedurals did. But I think a lot of these TV shows like tried to kind of uh, push away from aliens are scary to aliens are just like us kind of yeah. thing. But it depends on what side of the fence that you're on, you know? And, um, but like this was one of those shows where they're like, no, we're going to tell the whole human race or the whole human race is going to know that there are aliens. And it does, of course it doesn't go well. And I think yeah. that's what the men in black people were like, avoid that, yeah. that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I um, watch that show actually. Yeah, so we t- we brought up Star Trek. Mm-hmm. What's the are there Star Trek links in these in these films? There are two sci-fi films from around like late late nineties, early aughts. Like mm-hmm. who who's who's in Star Trek? Uh, who's in? Oh, that is a good question. I did not look. Um, is it that guy in Star Trek? The crossover. The guy with the face. Oh yeah, the face guy. Yeah. Wait, which face guy? <laughs> Tony Shalhoub? Oh, yes. No, yeah, because he plays um, walks down to Troy's uh, uh, guy, uh, Ashate or whatever you want to call him. The guy who played like Lurch and stuff. The guy who comes and goes to lunch with the king dude. Yeah. His real name is Karel Steer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him. He's so, in tons of sci-fi stuff because he just looks kind of like an alien. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so he's in a bunch of stuff, and I think, uh, okay, no, no, no. Well, there's a bunch of X Files references that I picked up immediately. Yeah, because like Tony Shalhoub, and then they talk about, um, I know they talk about Jeopardy, but Alex Trebek was in the X Files, so as a Men in Black. So <laughs> it's I did a not whole know thing. That. Um, it all comes. Yeah, it was circle. him. It was him and um, and uh, Jesse Ventura were the Men in Black in the X Files. <laughs> <laughs> That's delightful. Yeah, and Tony Shalhoub was in another episode where he was a scientist and he got like zapped with something, and then his shadow turns into a black hole, and people keep falling into it and dying. So that was Tony Shalhoub. I wonder if Rip Torn was in in the in. Star Trek. Nope. No, he was not. Um, well, I don't know. Off the, the faces alone, that's the only one I'm thinking of. I think that's still fair enough. There's um, always got to be one. In Minority Report, Jessica Capshaw was in this? I don't know what character that is. Let's see. Hold on, hold on. Actually, now that I think about it, it might be um, Stormare. I don't know who that is. Um, creepy doctor dude. Okay. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Who's in uh, Fargo? Yes. It's somebody threw a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. It's not him. Right. There's definitely got to be somebody in there. This this cast is too big for there not to be someone. Hmm. Wait, wasn't he in the movies? No, of course he was in Star Wars. I'm the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Nothing By their faces, nothing's coming to mind immediately. Oh, fair enough. But at least I got one. That works. Yeah. Always impressive. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah like I said... Uh, people don't believe me but almost like all of these movies there is a star trek connection because there's so much star trek out there people talk about like oh there's so much star wars and there's so much this and there's so much that like there is a crap ton of star trek stuff it is yeah. crazy oh i got one um fletcher the the blonde like second in command cop of anderton's team uh-huh um he's in he's lieutenant hawk from first contact 
Oh, that's right. He gets turned into the Borg when they're trying to stop them from getting the thing up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's in the movie with Adam Scott. There you go. <laughs> Wait, Adam Scott's in First Contact? Uh, yes. I think it's I think it's First Contact. But Adam Scott is in Star Trek. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm 90% sure it's First Contact. Yes, he's awesome. on the helm. Yes, yes, he is. Um, he's on he's on the battle bridge when they separate. <laughs> there you go. I remember. Don't worry. It sometimes it takes a second, but I get there. I remember. It's okay. <laughs> Defiant con officer is Adam Scott's uh what Adam Scott is billed as. Oh, okay. Okay. It is in first contact though, right? Uh Adam Scott is in first contact. That's okay. a defiant con so- officer. Yes. So in First Contact, um, Worf would already be on DS9, and they're in the middle of a battle, and Adam Scott is his helmsman. Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Yes. Right. The Defiance is the name of a ship. I was like, I thought he was like, he gave the guards of lip or something like he was he no. was a defiant <laughs> officer not he was an officer on, on the, the defiant yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't yeah. know i clearly I, i'm way out of my depth here uh I'm but uh, yes no the, the funny thing is is that until I started doing this podcast i didn't realize how much i knew about star trek because i don't understand that uh, having known you and that's basically all you talk about <laughs> well now yes because people know and then they're like star trek this and star trek that and i just kind of go along with you it. and sean yeah <laughs> i knew i always knew i was a fan i liked the show i liked the content but to me my favorite show is the x-files which doesn't it's it has a lot less content in it so right. it doesn't cross over as much so I don't get to talk about it. But on the very first episode of the show, you, sir, brought up, you know, the, the Star Trek episode. Um, and because of the 1984 torture scene, blah, 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 there are four lights. And then from that day on, every episode, Star Trek comes up at some point. It is not always my fault, though. So No, it's, it's, it's my fault, it sounds like. It That's sounds, me, I think in so. fact, like maybe I'm the one who made this podcast great. Uh, so <laughs> by setting that precedent yes yes indeed I, I literally think I can count on my hand episodes that do not bring up Star Trek at any point in time I, I make a note so, to bring it up every time because I know you do yeah there's fun. quite a few people who like actively avoid it but it still ends up coming up at some point it's fine uh, <laughs> but yes so we did it we found the star trek connection we did it in both yeah. movies it's great it's great uh, um yeah i think i think i'm out of things to say about about these movies though but... oh at one point in time that's oh. the other thing um the sort when he wakes up from his like drug-induced sleep or whatever after surgery yeah cops is on tv like, yeah on TV. yeah which uh it wasn't canceled until 15 years after this movie but 35 years before it's set or something something like that (laughs) but yeah 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 i just wanted to bring that one up that was it yeah that's great yeah on the multi-screen like wall tvs Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i would also think they're like um like their holographic technology like yes they're using like 
the multi lens projection everything which is great but it looks really shitty like it looks really bad like they gotta <laughs> they gotta fix that stuff man are you saying this this dystopian uh uh, capitalist society just doesn't have enough uh, appreciation for aesthetics. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Yeah. So those cars, uh, they're pretty sweet. I, I would like a car that looks like that. Really? Yeah. No, it's I didn't. like a motorcycle. They're... <laughs> they were a little too lumpy. They do kind of look like a dick, so maybe that's enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yes um yeah so so then final thoughts like you know do you still recommend these movies you know absolutely 100 percent. i i would always take an opportunity to watch uh either of them men in black like zero question because it's 90 minutes and it's it's a it's a fantastic ride the whole way um but for me minority reports also awesome because it's just like you know cyberpunks in in uh you know, the, everybody's making a big deal about the cyberpunk video game, but like, here's here's like a cyberpunk full universe, uh, fully realized, and and it's incredible to see what like twenty one years ago they were they were putting in, and they knew they knew the slippery slope we were already on. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and it just gets slipperier. That's a word, right? Slipperier. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're gonna slip and slide downhill. That, that's it. We're just accepting we're the, it these days. We're on the slip and slide to to to, to hell. Yeah, screw the highway. Slip and slide it is. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I absolutely agree with your final thoughts. Um, to be honest, I think uh minority report is a little too long for my liking. So, but I mean, I think it's still worth a watch. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on this week for a little chit chat and nerdity. Thanks for having me and letting me uh, uh, talk about bring Star Trek into the mix. <laughs> <laughs> thank you also for letting me talk about Star Trek because you know I get right into it. It's fine. Uh, I, I do. Yes. It's great. I also got to bring up X Files this time, so I was very yeah. happy about that too. Woo-hoo. Yeah, they make uh, what did I say? Two Alex Trebek references, and yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf or send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. On the next episode, we'll be talking monsters with Monster Squad and Monsters Inc. Hope you'll be here to listen. Bye.